0: You're listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast, where we discuss current events, social issues, religious trends, and noteworthy news from a biblical
1: perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Soaker. This episode is being released on December 14th, 2023. And this week I'm joined by Christopher Gardana and we're talking about the difference between our responsibilities as individual Christians and the responsibilities that the local church has. Are these the same or is there a difference between the two and does that matter? We're going to discuss that in our episode today For links to some related materials, check out the show notes for this episode at plain slash podcast 121423 and now for our discussion this week. And this really is part of the larger issue of you know, what is the work of the church, and what the church is authorized to do, because this, this is all fits into the category of those who say that, well, if it's good for me to do as an individual, then, well, that must mean the church can do it.
0: There certainly are differences in the responsibilities between the church and its work and as the individual, and I think that'd be a great thing to follow up with.
1: I have Christopher Gardana here with me again. He was here on the program a few weeks ago. We talked about a topic about whether it was whether eating together was a work of the church, whether that was something the churches could do or Christians could do. And we talked about that for that episode, but then we wanted to do a follow-up episode on the larger idea of of whether or not what we can do as individuals is what the church can do. And so we'll talk about that more, but Christopher, before we get into all this, welcome back to the show.
0: Thanks for having me back. I hope we can uh, discuss these things and help people at least make their minds think a little bit.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, what, we, what we're trying to do. We want to point people to the Bible, but also we do want to make people think, because I think some of these topics that we talk about, especially ones like this, they're ones that people don't think about very much. They were debated, I think, a, you know, a lot years ago and generations ago, but almost isn't talked about as much anymore. So it could be that some brethren have just kind of whether whichever side they're on, really just never thought about it that much. That this just was kind of they just make assumptions or this is, well, this is what I've always done or what we've always been taught. And so yeah, we want people to to think about this and to and to see what the scriptures talk about. Because we're we talked about whether the church could host or sponsor meals sometimes referred to as fellowship meals and when we talked about that last in the last episode obviously it's good for christians to get together and eat together and do those sorts of things but does that mean that the church should be involved in the planning or funding or providing for and, and doing all of those things and that's what we're that's what we talked about then and we think about what the church is to do with the works of the church, of evangelism, edification, benevolence. We talk about those a lot, and we won't really get into that in the episode. I'll include some links in the show notes. But but a lot of brethren have the concept that, well, we do those things, evangelism and edification, benevolence. We do that, but then we can also do these other things, which is what we're bringing up in this episode here, that anything that I can do or that you know, we can do as families or whatever, then the church is able to do that. So we're talking about the distinction between responsibilities between individual Christians and local churches. Is there a distinction? Does it matter what, you know, what we say about this? And if we don't make a distinction, then what are some consequences of that? So a lot of people think, well, does this even matter what we're talking about? So to that question, I guess as we start here, what would you say to that about this question? Does it even matter what we're talking about?
0: Well, I, I think it is important. Now, someone may just say, well, I don't think it's important. And I've actually had that conversation where someone says, well, what difference does it really make anyway? Well, we are taught in the scriptures to examine everything. In First Thessalonians five twenty-one, Paul says, examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good. You know, and good is going to be defined by the word of God. Um, First Peter four, verse 11, Peter says, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And so everything that we do is to God's glory and it needs to be done as the words of God, the utterances of God. And so just to say anything is good and therefore anything is to the glory of God. It sounds nice, but we're told to speak as one is speaking the very words of God, right? And if we serve it through his, his will and his strength, that he be glorified. Right. And even Jesus said in John chapter four, and just paraphrasing just a part of it there in verse 23, 24, We recognize Jesus said that he wants true worshipers. And what are they? They're the ones who worship the Father in spirit and truth. We're such the such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. And then he goes on to say in verse 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And so it's it's a wonderful thing to have an attitude of saying, What can I do for the Lord? How can I be of service? You know, maybe my congregation, my church is not doing everything it should be doing and and you know like you said there's a lot of articles about some of those individual things but then sometimes we have in our minds that well i think it's a good thing so we should be doing this right yeah. and but but we have to be guided by doing things carefully holding fast to the word of god and examining ourselves and if we're willing to do that i think that's going to ha- we'll have the humility to see what does the bible teach about this
1: yeah, I think all that's important there, that it does matter what we do that, like you mentioned, we examine everything, That we make sure that we're speaking as oracles of God. One other passage that I thought of on that point is Colossians 3.17, that whatever we do in word or deed, you know, do all things in the name of the Lord, that, and, but that goes to the point that kind of what you were talking about, that, well, we can just say that this is, you know, for Christ, or in the name of the Lord, or to the glory of God, or however we wanted to describe it. and we still have to go to the scriptures to show what that is. So so that's what we want to this this is something that is important to to consider because we want to make sure we are doing things that honor the Lord and bring glory to him and are things that he has authorized. So the first after we move on past that the the next question i want us to think about is that if there's something that's good for us to do as individuals then wouldn't that necessarily mean that the local church then can also do that?
0: Well, there have been those I've talked with in the past who uh, claimed, and they declared this, that anything Jesus could do, the church could do, and it was followed up by anything the individual could do, the church could do. And the idea was that, well, you know, Jesus fed the 5,000, so the church can feed the 5,000, and we don't know who those people were. They weren't you know, obviously it wasn't in the church and, you know, acts and beyond. So these were just a hodgepodge of all kinds of people that chose to follow Jesus. And, and why, why can't the church do that? Right. And so there's my authority for having a huge hall fixed and fed, you know, to feed whoever may come, right. A soup kitchen, whatever you may be. Um, And it's also then to add to that, this notion that, well, if it's okay for Jesus to do it, then it's okay for the church. But then and they flip it and they say, well, anything the individual can do, the church can do. And so then they kind of lure, or really just remove the distinction between, say, an individual Christian's responsibilities and that of the church. Uh, it's as though they are one and the same. And so anywhere we can find a verse that speaks of my personal responsibility as a Christian, that would also then, by extension, be something the church could do and vice versa. And that's just not a, a biblical or scriptural principle. And I'm, I, I think we'll, we'll be looking at that. You know, yeah. Did you, Yeah. You know, have you and, had any of those experiences or?
1: Yeah. On th- this idea of, you know, whether, you know, the, what the individual could, and I've had these conversations with people too, that, that people will bring up this idea of, well, I can do it. So the church can do it. And there's a lot of people that have that concept and it's, you know, it seems completely foreign to them that, again, this idea like why would you even raise the question here? But right. We think about you know what Paul talked about in First Timothy chapter five, where in the context he's talking about caring for certain widows. He talks about those who are widows indeed, and so these were ones that that would be permanently put on the you know he talks about putting them on the roll or or putting them in the number of the ones who would be cared for on a regular basis. But he said over over there in First Timothy five and verse sixteen that if any woman who is a believer has dependent widows, she must assist them and the church must not be burdened so that it may assist those who are widows indeed. So there in that verse, he Paul is talking about there's a distinction between what the church does and then what these individuals or what these families do. So there is a distinction there that the church is to care for certain widows, but there were other widows, the families were to care for that. And they weren't to say that, well, you know, it's my responsibility to care for this, but since it's my responsibility, then it's also the church's responsibility that earlier in that chapter Paul said that if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever there in in verse 8. So he's talking about the responsibility or the work that we have to do and what we what we are responsible for in caring for our family. Like for my family I am responsible for providing for my family. And if we if there's no distinction between what the church is responsible for and what individuals are responsible for, well, then I can just pass that off onto the church. I don't really have to work and provide for my family because that's the church's—I can just, for whatever reason, just decide that I don't want to work or I don't want to do any of this, and and I'll just pass that on to them. Now, they're, we're not talking about those who are unable to work and then benevolence and whether, you know, a temporary basis or things like that, that but when we talk about this ongoing work, which is the context in 1 Timothy 5— There were certain widows that were to be cared for by the church, and then other ones, it wasn't the church's responsibility. So Paul there in 1 Timothy 5 made that distinction. There's some work for the church to do, and there's different work for the individuals to do, and they were not the same thing.
0: Right. Well, so so in your very point, you're pointing out there, there was a distinction between the individual responsibility to take care of one's own widows. And then those that the church then had a responsibility towards. So this blanket statement that says anything the the individual can do, anything Jesus could do, the church can do, this this just broad statement is by default cannot be true. Now, obviously, there are are some things that overlap, like uh, whether, like you said, some of the works of the church evangelism. It doesn't mean I don't have a personal responsibility to go out there and try to teach one another. That doesn't mean that the church isn't the pillar and ground of truth you know, um, so, but you see a distinction there right away. Another one that came to my mind was in uh, Matthew chapter 18, where, you know, here's an example of Matthew 18, verse 15 through 17, where a Christian needs correction, you know, a brother sins. And he says there in Matthew 18, verse 15, if your brother sins, go show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two with you, to more with you, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every fact may be confirmed. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church, right? and if he if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So in one passage, you have a distinction between one verse on one talking to one another individually, bringing together two more. Now, who is Jesus speaking of? He's speaking of his he's talking to his disciples, right? These are principles that would be useful for a, a Christian in the New Testament church. And, and yet he's making the distinction between the individual Christian with another, one with a couple others that have come along, even though it's a plurality of Christians, but it's but it's still distinct from the church. Right. In one passage. So to make such blanket statements that there's no difference. Uh, You know, maybe it's just willful ignorance or just a desire to authorize something that's not laid down plainly in Scripture. You know, again, there's this desire to, well, permission for one is permission for all, and I don't have to think about it, and so I can just do what I want. But if this is true, then I need someone, we need people to provide Scripture, because even right here, you see a distinction between individuals, even a plurality
1: of believers, and the church. Right, and one of the things on this that, and this could be getting to a you know a whole other rabbit trail that we won't necessarily follow all the way down this episode. But usually, when we talk about this distinction between, or whether there's a distinction between what the individual can do and what the church can do, it's in the realm of what we talked about last time with you know the fellowship meals, so-called, and and that type of thing, the, the social activities. Or it's in the realm of benevolence, like we're going to, you know, expand benevolence and and provide benevolence to just anyone or or something like that. But another thing that I thought of is over in James chapter four and verse 13, there's another realm that we can be involved in in individuals, and that's in the realm of business, where James said in James 4, 13, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Well, we can do that as individuals well then does that mean the church can't and i don't know of any brethren who are saying that well yeah the church can you know start a business or open this up and and i don't know anyone who's saying that and probably some people think well that's absurd that you would bring that up there are churches who are engaged in business maybe not among sure. our brethren but there are churches that are engaged in business and it's not far-fetched to think that that wouldn't be something that would be suggested or even practiced in the future that this is you know this is another reason why we why we talk about this is that you know why does it matter this opens the door potentially to a ho- a whole host of things not just you know what we typically talk about on this issue but there's any number of things that that it could lead to later down the line because we already see that out in the religious world around us
0: Right, and you also recognize that just because two or three Christians get together, they're not acting as well the church, even if they're right. engaged in maybe even spiritual things. Maybe it's publishing Bible materials or you know any number of things. Uh, you know, just because it's um, a plurality of Christians using that verse, you know, uh you know where two or three are gathered, I'm in their midst. Is this this notion that well any any plurality of Christians by default is the church, and yet you see there in Matthew. Where there was a distinction between two people getting together to talk about a disagreement or a sin, or you know, and then a, two or three others, and then the church. So there, there's clearly a distinction there, which cannot be ignored.
1: Right. Yeah, that distinction is impor- an important one to to recognize that the church is not the same thing as me as an individual, or even me and you, or there's a couple other people. That we might you know do something with it. That that's not the same thing as the church. Acting and and this I guess gets into the next idea we're we're going to talk about with you know why this is such you know an important issue to consider because of the potential dangers that exist when we take anything that you know we think is a is a good work and maybe maybe it is something that for us as individuals is defined as a good work but we take something that's a good work and say well th- we're just going to give it to the church I mentioned already that this whole slippery slope idea that well if the church can can do these things that we're talking about with the fellowship meals and and all of that well why can't why can't they open up a coffee shop or a daycare center or or you know whatever it might be they engage in some other type of business well where would the where would the stopping point be for that and some people don't like that slippery slope argument because i think that it's so uh, it goes too far but it is something to consider that if we say this then what else does that authorize? What where does that lead? And also another thing that I've I've pointed out with to people before is that there is the issue of Bible authority, and we've talked about that a little bit already. But in addition to that, I don't want to discount the the you know point about Bible authority. But in addition to that, that you have the simple the simple reality that we have a limited amount of time and resources as individuals and as the church. And so the church, we know, has been given the work of evangelism to spread the gospel to the lost, of edification, where they're trying to strengthen and build up those who are among its number, the Christians that are there, and to a limited degree, benevolence. Those first two, evangelism and edification, those are ongoing works. Benevolence is a little bit different, that it's done as needed. But You have the question of authority, which is an important one to to think about and to um, and to study on. But in addition to that, you have the simple reality that well, if we're going to have the church hosting these fellowship meals or providing benevolence to just anyone and everyone that that we find, or you know, you go down the idea of well, church is going to engage in this type of business endeavor or, or whatever it might be. Authority aside, you're taking resources, and you're taking time, you're taking energy away from what we know the Lord wants His church to be doing with evangelism and edification and all of that. So it's not just a question of authority. It's also, well, you are actively hindering these other works that the Lord has given the church to do. Right. Well, and you know, just because something seems like it's good, doesn't mean that
0: it's actually what God wants us to do. You know, in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So if I'm looking for a good work to be engaged in, I should be able to look to the word of God, to the inspired scripture, all of it, you know, because it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training and righteousness, all these things, I should be able to find it there if it's something that I should be engaging in as a Christian, as a work for the church, or even as an individual. You know, uh, just because I define something as good doesn't make it good. In Proverbs 14, verse 12, it says, there's a way which seems right to a man. And that first part is where most people are. Mm-hmm. and the second part i almost didn't want to quote but it's it's connected to it it says there's a way which seems right to a man but its end is the way of death yeah so just because we think something is good and and harmless or benign or whatever or or maybe the best thing in the world doesn't necessarily make it that just because we think it and i had a conversation with a lady in in uh in tampa one time they came by we were we were at the church building and she was wanting to get together to have some kind of community event and we had a big parking lot and so all the different churches in that whole area were wanting to have some big festival or something and she was coming there to ask if we could participate in all those kinds of things and when we tried to give her some scripture she just got this puzzled look on her face and said but it's a good work right and i couldn't disagree with that the 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 things that she was talking about seemed like really good things but is it a work of the church? Is it something the church should be engaged in? And the answer was no. And she just, it didn't compute. She didn't right. understand.
1: Yeah. And that's where a lot of people are is that they, they don't see the, they see it as a good work. And then maybe in one realm it is, in the realm of what we do as individuals, it might be a good work there. But as far as what the church does, and we have to define those the way the scriptures do, because if we, if we don't do that, then it opens the door to anything. We, we can say subjective. anything we want. Yeah, it's purely subjective. It's on my own hearts, my own whim,
0: and the next generation—they clearly, one generation to the next has its own desires, has its own flavors, has its own—you know—things gra- that it gravitates towards. And so, that's why you're finding so many changes in so many different churches is because the older generation they were only allowed to push the envelope so far, and the right. next generation says, "Well, you know, why was Grandma only doing this? Why can't we do this?" And she doesn't have an answer. They were doing things which they had no authorization for.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, we we have this this issue of authority. We have to make sure we're doing good works. But I want to, one other point I want to, or last one I want to talk about before we have to quit for today is the the idea that, or the reality that I think most people mean well when they say, well, we want to ha- have all of these you know all these works when to add them to the church. I think they you know generally have good intentions. There may be some who who have ulterior motives or whatever. But I think most of them probably have good intentions when they do this. And I think a lot of it may come from the fact that they see that there's some in from their perspective some failure of individuals to do certain things to carry out their responsibilities, whether it's the realm of benevolence or or showing kindness or or building relationship with other Christians or whatever it might be, that we're not doing that well enough. So that means we need to get the church involved to do this. So what can we do as individuals to help make it so that it's less likely that brethren see this as something that we need to add this to the work of the church? What Leaving the church out of it, what do we as individuals need to make sure that we're doing?
0: Well, one of the things I, I think happens sometimes is that people feel really inadequate. You know, they don't feel like they're capable of doing it. And so maybe they're like the widow with her two mites, and they just think, well, as long as I put a couple pennies in the plate, then I can be involved in all these things, and that is true. That's absolutely the case. But I believe sometimes it's just a replacement for actually doing what maybe they have the capacity to do but aren't aren't willing to do. And so maybe, Maybe I have a hard time interacting with people, so I don't really want to, you know, teach the gospel to anyone because I I, I'm not sure I'll have a good answer. You know, well maybe you need to study some more, right? Uh, You know, maybe you need to be more involved when you do have the opportunities. You know, there are our functions where people get together, whether it's a you know potluck or a, a get together at somebody's house. You know, maybe you need to step outside your shell and be more involved. And and you know, what about your family or your friends or your neighbors? You know, maybe it's opening your eyes and, and looking for opportunities to help. Uh, if it's a in, a in charity or you know benevolence, uh, what about personal evangelism? You know, just because the church is proclaiming the word doesn't mean you don't have a responsibility to to live according to the truth, but also be a good example to those who are outside. And and when questions come up, be ready to give an answer, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think it's easier just to say, well. I put money in the plate uh and I'll let others get into the nitty-gritty of building relationships you know because I I just don't I it's just not my wheelhouse you know and again there is a, a place to know what you're good at and what you're not but that doesn't mean you can't do anything or that you shouldn't be doing anything uh you know God knows your ability you know like the the talent you know the parable of the talents he also knows your limitation you know uh, he expects you to do with what you've been given, right? The best you can. Uh, in Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, here Paul says that God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. You know, if it's something God wants us to be involved in, even in our small capacity as an individual or even a really small congregation, sometimes that's why you see uh, the unscriptural arrangement of, of churches all working together in an unscriptural manner. That'd be another good podcast uh, because they want to be involved in a work greater than they're capable of doing. And I think as individuals, we, we have that, that smallness too, because we realize how small we are financially or whatever. And we, we think, well, Hey, if I could just get the church to do it, then by default, it has to be better. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. It's when I think what, what you talked about with all of that is we ignore that this idea of personal responsibility but we are responsible to do and it's not you know like you said we think we can just put money in the collection plate and then that's what you know that's the extent of what we do and then you know the church does everything else we have a responsibility to give on the first day of the week we don't want to discount that but sure. but the that's to help the work of the church that's not to replace the work that we are doing as individuals. So we have a responsibility whether it's in helping others or in teaching the gospel or you know whatever it might be building relationships with people and and uh, I don't you know any of those things some people are better at those than others and that's a reality and like you said you know God understands what our abilities are and what our limitations are but we have a responsibility to do what we can. So I think if more Christians were recognized that and said, well, I'm just going to do what I can do. And I'm going to I'm going to not worry about what I can't do. I'm going to do what I can do and be busy involved in that. The more Christians would do that as individuals, then the less there would be some perceived need that, well, we need to get the church involved in this because we there's there's so much that we would get done. I think we'd be surprised how much we would get done if all of us would do that. But We, As we wrap all this up, because I I think we're running out of time here, but we see that the New Testament, as we talked about, describes that there's responsibilities we have as individuals, and there's also responsibilities that that the church has, the local church has, and those are distinct. There are going to be some areas that they're of overlap, but they are distinct from one another, and we can't just say that, well, I need to do, or whatever I need to do, we can just pass that off onto the church. Now, we need to be Hardworking, diligent, zealous, and doing what we can do, and then have the church then not burdened by us not doing our responsibility, but then the church can do its work that the Lord gave it to do. Christopher, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up today? Well, thank you for having me,
0: and I hope this has uh, been thought provoking for others.
1: Yeah, and on that point, uh, after our last discussion, I did have more comments than I normally get from a podcast, um, emails and things like that. And, uh, and some people who, who didn't agree with what we had to say, none of them were ugly, but, but some of who didn't agree with what we had to say, which is, you know, we welcome that we don't mind those kind of, uh, questions or criticisms or whatever. So consider what, you know, what we're talking about here. And I'll also link to the other discussion in the show notes. If you're just watching this or listening to this and didn't hear the other one you can check that out too but think about what you know we'll have the the scriptures and all of that in there that think about what the bible teaches and consider these arguments and because what we're trying to do is we're trying to get people to go to the scriptures trying to get people to to think about that and that's our standard it's not what me or you say it's what the word of god says and so we're trying to get people to to turn to that and to follow that. So, Christopher, thank right. you again for joining me today.
0: That in all things, God may be glorified through
1: Jesus Christ. Amen. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I hope you found this to be interesting, informative, and helpful. For links to some related materials, visit the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 12 If you have a moment to rate and review the podcast or share it with others who'd be interested, that is always appreciated. And if you're listening to this, remember that we also upload video versions of the podcast to the Plain Bible Teaching YouTube channel. So if you prefer video to the audio, then that option is there for you. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the channel so you can see other videos we post here from time to time. And if you see a news story or have some topic that you think would make for a good discussion, send that to me at andy at com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to talk to you again next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Also, be sure to sign up for the Plain Bible Teaching Weekly Newsletter. This free newsletter will be delivered to your inbox each Friday with articles, podcasts, videos, sermon outlines, and more. Visit plainbibleteaching.com to subscribe today.